With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, Jack, I do need a microphone. Luckily, I've got a microphone. It is the Jason Martin Show. With you for the next three hours across the country, maybe outside the country on FoxSportsRadio.com or the iHeartRadio app. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. The Jason Martin Show is brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I've been on the road. I went to Knoxville today, saw Tennessee and South Carolina. I got back in town here in Nashville where I do the show from about an hour ago and pretty much turn on the television, see the Tiger. Looks like he's going to take this Zozo championship. He's up five shots now at 18 under with Gary Woodland and Hideki Matsuyama in second at 13. And then I see this Oregon Wazoo finish and boy, they made it interesting, didn't they? Washington State with the comeback and then... Justin Herbert goes over half the field in the final minute to set it up for a freshman kicker down one to try and hold off Washington State, who had the lead 35-34, and they did it, keeping Pac-12 college football playoff hopes alive, at least for now. Now, Oregon-USC is next week. That ought to be a pretty good football game, one would think. There is a lot going on. There was a World Series game last night and a lot of things to contextualize about that game and about that series and about baseball and its ratings and what in the world is to be done about what we're seeing right now. There is Tiger. There's the start of the NBA season. There's Zion Williamson being out six to eight weeks. There's our usual... Hour number three, where we break down every single game that's going to take place in the National Football League today, and of course the Monday night game. We'll predict every single one of you. There's 
a problem in college football as it relates to a rule that has got to change. There's a Hall of Famer whose future is up in the air right now in the NFL. There's a crazy Jets story out there that's not about Sam Darnold being mic'd up on Monday night, but that's also out there to potentially discuss. And then there is what actually happened in college football on Saturday, and we will do the college football weekly top 10 to open hour number two like we've done uh, much of this season. I am indeed Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Geico. I am on Twitter at jmartzone. That's where you find me. If you want to talk to us, you can. 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley, my trifecta in Los Angeles, spinning the dials radio style for me, making me sound much better than I would otherwise. And I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and yours doing exceedingly well here on this Sunday, late in October 2019. Maybe it finds you better than it found Oklahoma. 24 hours ago, Oklahoma was trendy to win the national title. And Jalen Hurts was at least in the 1-2-3 discussion for the Heisman Trophy. 24 hours later, we sit here and Oklahoma is 7-1 and one with a loss to Kansas State, an upset loss, even though they tried to make it interesting. And I, you know, when you saw that score when it was like 41 to 23, you just knew that it was going to be a lot closer than that. And it was, it was 48 to 41. Some say, It was on the road. It was in conference. They didn't get blown out. They fought back into the game. So that's going to help them when it comes down to trying to decide who gets into the college football playoff when they look at this committee and look at this situation. But I look at this in a couple of different ways. One, let's take a look at the schedule Oklahoma has played up to this point. They beat Houston in week one. Not particularly impressive. They crushed South Dakota in week two. Who? They went to UCLA and crushed the Bruins. And even though UCLA has played better as of late, that's not an impressive win. They annihilated Texas Tech. They beat Kansas. And I'm not talking about Bill Self. I'm not talking about Larry Brown. This ain't Danny Manning out there. Then they beat Texas, which, I mean, that's always impressive, but Texas lost again today to TCU. They're a three-loss team. West Virginia's not very good, crushed them, and then lost to Kansas State today. Yes, that's only one loss. Could they still get in? They could. They do have one, two more ranked teams, current ranked teams, on their schedule. Iowa State's 23rd. Baylor's still undefeated. They're 14th. Then they get TCU and at Oklahoma State and Bedlam to finish the season. But I look at Iowa State being ranked, and that game's not going to matter much to a lot of people because Iowa State just doesn't sound like it's not like they're playing Ohio State which just jumps off the board at you and Baylor kind of the same way I don't think the schedule exists right now for Oklahoma to get in without a lot of help from other teams coming the opposite direction and losing games I also think even on a day where Jalen Hurts had five combined touchdowns 
or I think actually it was four on this day. He only threw for one, and he ran three in, and he threw for over 300 yards. Now, Kansas State's quarterback ran for four scores. Skylar Thompson did. Jalen Hurts has over 2,000 yards passing this season, folks. 20 touchdowns, 705 rushing yards, and 10 scores. So 30 combined touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. Sounds like a Heisman, but I read you that schedule. He hasn't exactly played a murderer's row, and now they've lost to Kansas State. And Kansas State is a program that's always pretty good, but they're a 5-2 and two team that's 500 in the Big 12. It's not impressive enough. Not when you look at Joe Burrow at LSU, who didn't have his best day, but they still beat a game Auburn team in bad weather. And you've got Justin Fields at Ohio State. And that was a statement kind of win for Ohio State. Not that they won it, but how they won it. Wisconsin, there were people last week in the media claiming before Wisconsin lost to Lovey Smith. And it wasn't Wisconsin losing to the Chicago Bears either. It was Wisconsin losing to Illinois. There were suggesting these people were suggesting legitimately that Wisconsin was the best team in the country. And I, I guess that's because they haven't watched football for very long. Because how many times has Wisconsin been undefeated this late in the season and still probably shouldn't be taken seriously as it relates to the real, real top of the heap? So they lost that game to Illinois last week, and it was on a field goal. It was, on, you know, it was a close ball game, of course. Then today... Ohio State just broke off a boot in them, 38-7, and this game was 0-0 in the second quarter. So it took them a little bit of time to sort of open it up, but once they did, I mean, goodness gracious. We will certainly be talking about Ohio State when we get to the top 10. There's a lot of talent, and that defense is nasty, and Chase Young If you look at the grades for what he represents as a defensive end and especially as a pass rusher, he has the highest grade since Miles Garrett at Texas A&M back in 2014. He was a monster. An absolute monster against Wisconsin. Four sacks, two forced fumbles, six tackles. But just think about how much disruption he caused. And this ain't new. I mean, he's got nine and a half sacks already this year. He had ten and a half all of last year. So he's already really on pace for advancing past all of that. And he just is another one of these anchor players for an Ohio State defense that just blows you up. Nine and a half sacks and three forced fumbles on the season for Chase Young. People will say he should be in the Heisman conversation. And maybe he should be in the conversation. But I am of the opinion, along with, I think, a growing chorus of others, some that led me to this conclusion, that it takes something really just otherworldly special for you to give the Heisman Trophy to anybody but a quarterback in 2019 with the importance of that position somehow being magnified even greater than what it was 10 years ago and what it was 20 years ago and what it was 30 years ago. The NFL, the MVP going to anybody but a quarterback, another real tough thing to do. But the Heisman going anywhere but a quarterback, 
I mean, we've seen Alabama running backs win it, and we've seen you know other skill position players, even a Charles Woodson, for example, winning it back in the day. I just don't sense that we're going to see that nearly as much anymore. And I think Young is certainly deserving of discussion, but it's going to go to a quarterback, and it should. Is it going to go to Tua Tonga-Vailoa? Well, his injury is going to harm him. He didn't play great before he got hurt against Tennessee last week. If he goes out against LSU, if let's say he plays, first of all, which I assume he will. I assume anything you hear about him not being ready for that game is just kind of... It could be a little bit of gamesmanship. I can't imagine he doesn't play that game against LSU second Saturday in November. But if he goes out against LSU and throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns, he's right back in the mix. They're not going to worry about the fact that he missed a game against Arkansas where Mac Jones and the Crimson Tide won the game 48-7 to and it wasn't even that close. Could have been far worse. This is just... It's not wide open. I think the list is small. Clemson's starting to come around to be the Clemson that you expected them to be. But Trevor Lawrence had enough sort of ho-hum performances early in the year that I think they probably don't give it to him no matter what happens from this point on. I think Hurts may still have a shot, but I never believed he was going to win it. Burrow, I still think it's his to lose. Tua still has an opportunity if he goes nuts against LSU and just tears it up for the remainder of the season. But even with that said... You look at Justin Fields at Ohio State, and you have to say, right now, he's probably the guy that you point to if they continue to win. And Ohio State's, let's see what the rest of their schedule looks like. They've got Michigan and they've got Penn State left. Penn State, who's very good, we know this, won again today, beat a bad Michigan State team that's 2-3 and and 4-4 and overall. Starting to wonder if... Mark D'Antonio is, there's a little bit of, you know, some mothballs. There's spider webs hanging off his Bose headset on the sideline. It's like he's, his, his stuff's looking a little bit more antiquated these days than it did before. And I don't know if there's innovation to be found there. But Penn State, 8 no. And that Ohio State-Penn State game coming up on November the 23rd could well be two undefeated teams at that point matching up. In case you didn't know this, Minnesota also undefeated. Now, if you look at their schedule, they probably should be undefeated. They've got Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State, and at Northwestern left on their schedule. They could finish 8-4. and four. They could finish 9-3. and three. They could win them all. But so far this season, Minnesota has dealt with San Diego State, Fresno, Georgia Southern, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland. If you're 8-0, you should be 8-0. I don't know how many of those just blow your mind, and a lot of them were relatively close. A touchdown in the first game, a field goal against Fresno, a field goal against Georgia Southern, a touchdown against Purdue. They beat Illinois handily. They beat Nebraska handily. They beat Rutgers handily. And they beat Maryland handily. And Maryland at the beginning of the season, first two games people thought they were something. They're not. But the big question about Oklahoma is can they get back into this? They can if everybody else starts to lose 
that's above them? How far will they drop losing to a very average Kansas State team? But I have a bigger question for you, and we, when we come back, we will address that topic, and that is this. With this loss, if he does not make the college football playoff, let's say Oklahoma doesn't get in, two SEC teams get in, maybe a Pac-12, certainly somebody from the Big Ten is going to get in, and Clemson's probably still going to get in from the ACC. Let's say this win or this loss keeps Oklahoma out. Is it time for Lincoln Riley to figure maybe it is time to go to the pros? If Jerry Jones wants me, I'm going to take the money and I'm going to go to Dallas because the margin for error in college football is so infinitesimally small that you can go to Manhattan, Kansas, lose that game, and the rest of your season is basically meaningless. In the NFL, it's not generally like that. And he will never be hotter than he is right now. So do you strike while you're scalding, or do you risk going lukewarm and losing money? That we will address. And if you have thoughts, call us at 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. Just off and rolling here from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. Be right back. Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What is up? Welcome back. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, Smashing Pumpkins had quite a run there for a minute. And I'm using minute in the slang term, the Urban Dictionary version. It's October. That means it's Geico Ween. Don't be scared by high rates on car insurance. This Geico Ween, get a quote with Geico. See how much you could save. You might save so much it might be scary. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 2017, Oklahoma. 12 wins, 2 losses. Lost in the Rose Bowl. 2018, Oklahoma. 12-2. and two. Lost in the Orange Bowl. And I'm just talking about what Lincoln Riley's done since he's been there. He is now 31-5 and five overall as his third season continues at the helm of the Sooners football program. And obviously, when you talk about play callers, he's been at the top of the list for a while in college, at least for for weeks and months, and now probably a couple years. Many have suggested Jerry Jones hand him a blank check. Many have suggested any organization hand him a blank check in the NFL and try to lure him away from Oklahoma. Now that they have lost to Kansas State, and this is not a good loss, other than the fact that they fought back in it, which may help them out a little bit. They didn't just get trucked and quit. They made it very, very difficult. Oklahoma lost at home to Iowa State in 2017. But what was the difference in Oklahoma this year? Well, it was Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator. Who well, That guy's going to get a job somewhere. Oklahoma's got a defense now. I said it. We all said it. Kansas State scored points on eight consecutive drives yesterday against Oklahoma. They were leading the Sooners by over 20. In fact, I think it was 25. And it took everything they had just to get back into it. And they still lost the game. Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, 11 yards on six carries. Against the worst, and this according to the Dallas Morning News, against the worst yards per carry rushing defense in the conference. And Jalen Hurts had to pull it down and run it a lot more so than on design stuff. He had 96 rushing yards, but a lot of times there was nobody open down the field. This is probably, and that's what this piece from Dallas Morning News is suggesting is, this is 
most likely the worst loss of Lincoln Riley's short career. And look, there haven't been very many of them. This is not to say anything negative about Lincoln Riley. It is, however, to talk about the difference between the NFL and college football. One loss can ruin three or four months of work. And I'm not suggesting in the postseason. I'm saying in the regular season. All of the hype, all of the talk, all of the fun that's going on in Oklahoma could potentially have been wiped out yesterday in Manhattan, Kansas against that K-State team. When you're Dabo Swinney and you've won multiple championships at Clemson, I think that they should force you to leave or you should stay there forever. I know Alabama's close to his heart, but why would you want to replace Nick Saban when you could be the first Dabo Swinney? Because the question will eventually move to, well, who's going to replace Dabo at Clemson? He's an institution. If this was some small school, maybe you could argue it. But Clemson's got money. And there's something to be said for being Mike Krzyzewski, not following him, being Dean Smith, or maybe even carving your own niche and doing it at a smaller school. But in this case, Lincoln Riley's at a school with all sorts of history, just like Saban going to Alabama. I mean, that's a that's a big swing, but Saban knew he was good enough to do it. And Lincoln Riley knows that he can follow Switzer, and he can follow Bob Stoops, and he can do this. But... If the NFL comes calling, they have the money. And it's Dallas in particular. The marquee job in the NFL. Yes, there's a lot of pressure there, but look how long Jason Garrett has lasted and how little they've actually done on that football team, despite the talent and the money and whatever they've put around it. Wouldn't you have to start to think, if you're Lincoln Riley, I am tired of... Let me backtrack. When you think of college football and the pros, one of the reasons I like college football better is because it's more unpredictable. I know you're going to say, oh yeah, it's real unpredictable when Ohio State wins by 70. Yes, there are some juggernaut programs. But this loss right here, it's more likely that you're going to see strange things happen in college football, by my estimation, because the players are younger, more inexperienced, and more prone to boneheaded mistakes and losing their heads mentally. And you are placing your future in that. If Lincoln Riley has all of these suitors in the pros, wouldn't you think the idea of going to a job where you can have a 16-game schedule and lose four or five games and still get into the playoffs and still be called a genius because of your offensive talent, not having to recruit year after year, being at the helm of an organization differently and not having to deal with one loss every year. That that might actually appetize him at some point. Not that he wants to talk about this out loud. And he said you know, he said in the past he wants to stay at Oklahoma and everything else, and he's got that right. And look, he could be great there for a long time. Eventually, they probably would win a national championship. But it has to be stressful to now be 7-1 and one and know we really can't play our way into the playoff now. It's all up to decision makers. In the NFL, it's all up to the numbers. The W's, the L's, 
And if it gets there, tie breaks, head-to-heads, common opponents, conference records, division records, all of those things. Oklahoma's now at the mercy of everybody else, and they're at the mercy of people who are going to ultimately make the decision as to whether or not this loss is enough to say, nah, when we get down to four. It's a good problem to have if you're Lincoln Riley because the Oklahoma job's fantastic. We know that. But an NFL gig, whether or not you get into it to be an NFL head coach or you like college football better, it's hard to deny that that job at Oklahoma could potentially be much more of a pressure cooker than most spots he could land in the NFL. Now, Dallas might be different. Maybe he doesn't want to go to Dallas. But like I said, he's not exactly replacing Jimmy Johnson. He's replacing Jason Garrett, who year after year after year is discussed both on the hot seat and safe. If they win two games in a row, ah, Jason Garrett's a genius. If they lose a game, Jason Garrett's got to go. I've been pretty consistent about this for about three years now. Jason Garrett should have been gone long ago. The reason Jason Garrett has lasted as long as he has is because he gets along with Jerry Jones and Jerry likes him. And he also, at the end of the day, I think Jerry knows he can control him. If you look at the record of the Cowboys and what they have failed to do in key moments, there are very few guys I think that would have had that job as long as Garrett if there wasn't something else going on just in terms of being so agreeable to Jerry Jones. And maybe, and I don't think Lincoln Riley would be that, and I don't think that's an argument even to have. I just say... If you lose this game to Kansas State, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I immediately start thinking, you know, this NFL thing's not that bad an idea in the offseason. Because right now, I have to cross my fingers and hope that we get an opportunity to play for the championship. We can go undefeated the rest of the way and still not get that opportunity. Because again, Clemson's probably going to be undefeated. Ohio State and or Penn State probably is undefeated. Ohio State certainly looks like the real deal right now. LSU and or Alabama probably is going to be undefeated. And you could look at a Georgia and say they could get in, or maybe even Oregon if they're able to continue to win. There are a lot of places that have to do things to get Oklahoma there. And it was one football game folks one I can't even imagine the stress on a college football coach even more so than an NFL coach and I know what NFL means in America I'm not sliding that I'm not poo-pooing that as Rob Parker would say I'm merely suggesting that I would like the margin of error to be bigger than one as a coach I could have a couple of bad days and still get an opportunity in the postseason. We'll see if Oklahoma does. But if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm starting to think more and more about the NFL because this is a tough, tough way to live. It's a tough way to make a living. 7-0, bell of the ball, 7-1. Maybe you're playing in an exhibition bowl that doesn't even matter. Think about that.
Think about the penthouse to the outhouse. Because that's what I consider every bowl that's not in the college football playoff. I know there are some good bowls and there are some good ones that we'll watch. But ultimately, there are exhibitions that don't matter at all. Somebody that does matter is Brian Finley. Let's go out to Los Angeles. Let's get a look at the latest in sports. B, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Jason? Tiger Woods is leading the PGA Tour Zozo Championship in Japan by five shots. He's in the midst of his fourth round. He is 18 under overall. He's two under through 10 holes. Now, if Woods wins this event, he'll tie Sam Snead for the all-time record for PGA Tour wins with 82. Alex Bregman slugs a grand slam, and the Astros neutralize the Nationals 8-1 Saturday to tie up the World Series at two games. Game five beginning today, just after 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox TV, and Washington is going to start Max Scherzer on the bump. Houston going with Garrett Cole. It's October, which means it's Geico Get a Geico quote and you could save so much it's scary. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. In college football, 11th ranked Oregon and Washington State thrilled. Snap good, placement good, kick is up on the way. It's gone! Cameron Lewis, the freshman, says give me a chance to show you what I can do. I can win a ball game for you. And he just beat the Cougars. The great Jerry Allen with Learfield IMG College on the call. 37-35, the final score in Eugene. C.J. Verdell over 300 yards from scrimmage for the Ducks. 19th-ranked Michigan stapling 8th-ranked Notre Dame. 45-14, the Wolverines ran for over 300 yards. Second-ranked LSU stays perfect with a 23-20 victory over nemesis number 9 Auburn. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson spanking their opponents. Number 5 Oklahoma face plants in a 48-41 loss to Kansas State. Skylar Thompson. Thompson ran in four touchdowns. TCU humbling number 15 Texas 37-27. That is three losses for the Longhorns. And finally, the Suns and the NBA scarfed down the Clippers 131-22. Kawhi Leonard two rebounds away from a triple-double. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. You know, you have to you have to be objective. I've crushed Jim Harbaugh, and I still feel very similar about it. I also don't think there was a ton of pressure on Michigan, honestly because they're already out of the discussion that matters. So now they can actually maybe go play better football. But I guess that was a backhanded compliment. Truthfully, nice win against Notre Dame. Dominant win against Notre Dame. Defense showed up. Offense showed up. Good one. Still think that's a guy that maybe should be looking to the pros as well. And this week, of course... He came out and played the victim again. He played the victim after they lost last week. Talking about the officials for the first 85 seconds of his postgame presser. And this week he comes out and he talks about how he told Adam Schefter that this report that he is exploring an exit plan from Michigan to the NFL is garbage and it's part of this just grand plot to undermine Michigan, harm their recruiting and all of this. I was thinking to myself, I mean, yeah, sure, that kind of thing happens, I would imagine. Now, he blames somebody all the time. He blames the SEC anytime they get a recruit he wants. 
the way he handled the transfer thing with Aubrey Solomon was a joke. All these things. None of it is his fault. But I did think when I heard about potential looking for an exit plan into the pros, I thought, well, if he's not, and then he said, well, absolutely not. If he's not, then he's not very smart because he should be. Maybe Michigan's not going to boot him out. I'm not necessarily saying that they are. I am saying, why wouldn't you at least keep your options open right now if you're him? A lot of pressure in that job, and he has not really fulfilled, I don't think, what Michigan fans wanted him to. And in the pros, he did do pretty well. He wore out his welcome pretty quickly, at least in that one franchise. But somebody probably hire him again. It's not like he hasn't been a successful head coach. He's good at Stanford. He's good with the Niners for a while. And he wasn't a, he's not a scrub with Michigan. He's just not quite as elite as his hype would make him out to be. But there's going to be jobs open in the NFL. Maybe some decent jobs. Who knows? Why would you? I know you, I guess you can't say it out loud, but I hope that Jim Harbaugh does have a possible exit plan to the NFL moved because either he might be forced out or there could be a better situation for him. This whole thing in Michigan, that was a really nice win against Notre Dame, but what they've already failed to do this year makes it very unlikely that this season's going to end the way Wolverine fans wanted it to. Now, if they go beat Ohio State, Michigan's got a couple of big ones left, but if they beat Ohio State, that's the signature win that he needs. Sure, he needed to win today. That was a nice win. It was cool to beat Notre Dame, and now they're not going to play for like a decade and a half. That's another thing that's weird. If I wanted to rant and go off the top rope, I just don't understand why we're announcing home-and-home series that take place in 2034 and 2035, where half the people making the announcement probably won't be alive. Half the people that helped land this agreement aren't going to be alive. A lot of us probably aren't going to be alive. I mean, do you get excited for that? Ooh, Michigan's going to play Notre Dame in 2035. Let me go ahead and map off that piece of my schedule. And it's not just them. I mean, Texas does it. Ohio State does it. Clemson does it. Everybody does it. These home and homes, the fact that you have to schedule them so far out seems to be absurd. I'm not sure that's news that even needs to be brought up. How about you let me know in a decade when we're five years away from Michigan and Notre Dame? We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Final segment, first hour here on the Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jason Martin Show is brought to you by Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Always brought to you by Geico as well. We've talked a good bit of Oklahoma football in this first hour. It's a huge story. It's a big loss and it changes things. We will do the top ten in college football like we do every week to open the second hour of the Jason Martin Show. We will do that to open the second hour of the Jason Martin Show. Crew, microphones open. What stood out to you guys on Saturday? I'll start with you, Chris, because I know you're paying attention to that Michigan-Notre Dame game. I got to give Harbaugh credit. That was a nice win for him, and I was surprised at how summarily just outclassed it seemed like Notre Dame was in that game. Yeah, I just think Michigan wishes it could play every game in raining sideways weather, but they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, it's definitely. It's definitely. I actually heard during the broadcast that Notre Dame really didn't practice in any kind of inclement weather because they really haven't had too much, and it definitely showed that Michigan, at least their style, they could kind of survive in that weather, and Notre Dame couldn't. And I think the bigger story is just you know Notre Dame at least with one loss, it looked like they could still have a puncher's chance, maybe for a New Year's uh, six bowl game, not the playoffs, but now they're dead out. Michigan buys itself some time. Going into Michigan, uh, I think they got Maryland coming up, and then Michigan State. Then they'll have Ohio State at the end of the year, and you just hope you. I mean, I still don't think they have a chance against Ohio State, but maybe you just Michigan State looked bad today. Michigan State looked real. Michigan bad. State is bad. They're really bad. And then the other game that stood out to me was just watching. Uh, this is going to sound funny, but uh, Kansas pulling out the miracle <laughs> against uh, Texas Tech. And the hmm. legend of Les Miles kind of growing out there in Lawrence, turning around a program that I thought for years was just no one could touch Kansas. No one could fix Kansas. Maybe Les Miles 
you know, it's still growing pains there, but maybe Les Miles can do it. Yeah, and I think Les Miles is good for college football. I was happy when he just got back into it, and I immediately wanted to see Kansas do well because I just like Les Miles. I think he's a a positive force, and obviously there's a lot of stories about dictatorial coaches in college football and guys that are overbearing and all this. Les Miles just comes across as the opposite to me, although Ed Orgeron is showing that it may still have been time for him to leave LSU. But we'll talk about LSU when we get to the open of hour two. Eric, if you're nearby, yeah, what was, do you have to say? What do you have to say about my Lincoln Riley thought that how old is it going to get for him to lose one game and potentially yeah, that that being a wrap? It's interesting for him. when when you bring up the Cowboys as a, as a place that you could avoid some scrutiny. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, when it comes to stuff like that, but it, college football is a different game. You got boosters, you got student fan bases, and yeah, the, the margin for victory or the margin for success is minuscule. Um, your, I like your penthouse to outhouse analogy. That was right on. And it's just, there's got to be somebody that's going to offer him eventually just something he can't turn down when it comes to, I mean, money, money's the name of the game. And eventually, I mean, the Cowboys, it's, it's hard to turn down something like that eventually, you know? Yeah. And it just feels like the Cowboys are, I, I don't know, because they're a Jekyll and Hyde team and maybe they get on a roll again, but things don't feel particularly good there right now the heat's on Garrett again maybe finally they're going to make that move and they've got Lincoln Riley's got to be who they would go after and it would be real hard to tell Jerry Jones no the Oklahoma job you know you're sitting there listening to me you're like why would you leave Oklahoma yeah I understand the Oklahoma job is an elite job one of the top I don't know five to ten jobs in college football easy you'd probably put Alabama there you would put Ohio State there you might still look at something like USC and maybe put them there. But, uh, you know, you can make arguments. Depending on where you are regionally, you can make arguments. But Oklahoma's in the discussion. It's one of the best jobs. But the expectations are mighty. The reason why, if I were Jalen Hurts, I didn't want to go to Oklahoma is because you are following up back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And you know you're not as good a passer as they are. Not even close, because you lost your job to Tua Tonga-Vailoa as a freshman because you couldn't pass against Georgia in the national championship game. Even though you'd only lost two games, you knew that you weren't the future there. So you followed them up. It's real tough to follow them up because the expectations at that position, because of what Lincoln Riley has done, are so gigantic. And then just take Jalen Hurts' situation or how he would feel, and good for him and how well he's done. But think about that for Lincoln Riley. Think about the expectations for Oklahoma fans, for that fan base, to always be like right there in the mix and then find a way to come up short, to run into an Alabama or run into a Clemson over the past couple of years and squander opportunities in the playoff. And now they've lost a game to an unranked Kansas State team that was 500 in the conference. And the rest of their schedule does not seem to give them the kind of quality wins that they would need to get back into this without a lot of help from other people. And then you think about you can go to the NFL and you can win a division at nine and seven. Seven. You can go twelve and one and not actually do anything of note in college football. I don't know that we have thought about it that way, but that's not an easy way to go about it. When we come back to open hour two college football a new top 10 
We'll get to that next here on the Jason Martin Show. It's the Jason Martin Show. It's hour number two here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Geico. The show is brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. One hour in the books, two to go. Hour number three, we'll break down the entire NFL slate of games, predict them like we do every week on the show. I have some World Series thoughts, some troubling baseball thoughts. Kind of want to talk about AEW now that one month of Dynamite is in the books on TNT. Don't know if we'll get there, but that's in the plans. So we've done this top 10 for the last couple of weeks on the show. We should have been doing it from the beginning, but with my wedding and everything that was going on, me being sort of in and out as soon as the season started, we got here. And so during the college football season this year and in years to come, the second hour will begin with our college football top 10. And we went from two weeks ago, I'll read it quickly, from 10 to 1. Auburn, Florida, Penn State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU. To last week, seeing a couple of those drop out. Oregon into the top 10 for the first time at 10. Auburn was at 9. Florida was at 8. Notre Dame still there at 7. Penn State at 6. Clemson, Ohio State. Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU. Well, that has clearly changed with everything that we have seen. So here is the top 10. Now that we've played another week of college football and craziness has ensued. I think that the top 10 teams at this point, maybe you can make an argument for somebody else, but I think the teams that I'm going to name, you might have them in a different order. But at this point, I find that these are not the 10 teams that you would rank if you were deciding on a college football playoff or you were putting together the AP Top 25. So we begin at 10 with a team that has not been in it the last two weeks because the first week we did it, they suffered a pretty bad loss at home in double overtime to South Carolina, and that's Georgia. Georgia gets back in by virtue of not losing sense and watching other people falter that were ahead of them. So they've slid back into the top 10. Because the SEC is or on the eastern side is still at least potentially up for grabs because Georgia's going to have an opportunity to beat Florida and still have a chance to get into the SEC championship game with one loss, at which point they would conceivably have a chance to beat an Alabama or an LSU in that game so Georgia gets in at 10 number nine I move Oregon up one they played Washington State crazy game that ended right before we went on the air some questionable decision making there to kick the ball to Mike Leach of all people then he of course promptly puts the points up to go up one But then the Cougs defense can't stop Justin Herbert. He goes over half the football field. They do have some questionable clock management there to lead to a freshman kicker needing to make the kick to win the game, and he does it. Oregon had an impressive win a week ago against Washington. Gut check kind of win. They only have one blemish on the season, and I'll put them at nine. And I will stay in that conference with the Pac-12 and put Utah at eight. Why would I pick Utah to be ahead of Oregon when they both have the same record? Well, 
I think you could go two ways here. I think that the loss in conference at USC for Utah is a better loss than, and it's tough to say this really, because I could easily flip this. Because you can easily say that well, any week one game, week one, things go weird. They lost to Auburn, did Oregon. They're, neither one of them is a bad loss. They're both top 10 teams. They're both one-loss teams. I've got Utah it's just a hair better than Oregon right now. And I had, or I had Utah out of the top 10 last week. But looking at their body of work, I'll put them at eight. Number seven is Oklahoma. This is how far I dropped them. Some people have them dropping even further, by the way. I saw Joel Klatt. I think he had them at nine. I can't go quite that far. I still think they're better than Utah and Oregon and Georgia. This was not a good loss, but I'm looking at the team. If it's one blemish all across the board, which one do I think is the best football team of the group? And I still think it's Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley's offense... And at least until this day, or yesterday, Alex Grinch's defense was playing awfully well. So 7, 8, 9, sort of a log jam there. I think Georgia is solid 10. I don't think you can go any higher. I think you have to put Oregon and Utah both above them, and I think you have to put Oklahoma above them. At number 6, back to the SEC, the Florida Gators. Florida's only loss was in Baton Rouge to LSU, and they followed it up. They had to come back against South Carolina, but they were able to do that. They're a 7-1 football team that has played a lot of talented teams this year. They've still got Georgia on the schedule. They'll have potentially an opportunity to play in the SEC championship game. That's a good football team that's dealt with injuries, especially at the quarterback spot, and still just the one bruise on the record. And it was to a really good football team in LSU at night in Baton Rouge. And they played them tough for a while. They just couldn't quite hang with them. Number five, I've got Penn State, moving up one spot from last week. Undefeated, dominated a pretty mediocre to bad Michigan State team. Handled them. But an 8-0 Penn State team and that Penn State-Ohio State game that's coming up in a couple of weeks, that's going to be a whale of a football game. No question about that. Number four, I've got Clemson. Clemson's done nothing wrong except that they've barely won. They probably could have lost to North Carolina. They let Louisville score far too many points last week, but they're undefeated. They're the defending national champions. They've been there and done that. We know how talented Trevor Lawrence is, despite his numbers not being gaudy like you would expect this year and throwing a lot more interceptions, it seems like. I still think he's a stud. I still think he's going to be a great pro. Nothing has changed. I put out that, or I did a segment or two on Trevor Lawrence before the season. I said, I feel sorry for him because all he can do is fall. If he is otherworldly, people are just going to say, well, that's what we thought. And if he doesn't, they're going to say, aha, I told you, you gave him too much hype. And that's what you see. He's making some mistakes, like every quarterback does. I mean, Peyton Manning won, what, three games in his first year as a Colts quarterback? A lot of guys in the NFL had bad first years and great second years. Eli Manning had a bad first year. A lot of guys that have come back to be just all-time great quarterbacks. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be just fine. So I've got Clemson at four. Number three, Alabama crushed Arkansas. I had Alabama at three last week. 
I'll put him at three here. Arkansas is not very good. Alabama, it all hinges on Tua's health, really. Like, you can rate them, but rating them without Tua is difficult because I saw, this week was a little bit more impressive, but last week I saw only one wide receiver make a grab after Tua went down against Tennessee. This defense, this front seven for Alabama is not what it's been in years past. I'm not saying that they're jokes, but they're not this all-world unit that they've been previously. They're still big. They're still talented. They could easily still be your national champions, but I've got them at three right now. And one and two, I'm really torn on this, but because I already had one team at number one both weeks going into this week, and they won again against a good opponent, then I'm going to keep them there. And I'm going to keep Ohio State. I'm going to move Ohio State from four last week to two, and maybe I had them underrated last week. I've had them four in the last two polls, and I've got them number two now. What they did to Wisconsin was just dismantled them. In three quarters, really, because it was a scoreless game in the second. Justin Fields and this offense, Young and that defense, Ryan Day doing a great job. They've won a couple of impressive games. They crushed a Wisconsin team some believed was the best team in the country last week. I don't know who those some were, but I saw those posts by people with verified check marks next to their names and heard secondhand what people were saying about Wisconsin before they lost to Illinois and then just got pantsed by Ohio State. Just annihilated, crushed. So I'll put Ohio State at two, but I could easily put them at one. But I'm going to keep LSU at one. It was not pretty at times. The weather didn't help that situation, certainly. But Burrow is still your Heisman favorite, I think. They lost a key member of that defense, and we'll see what what that means going forward. But there's so much talent there. Joe Brady, former Saints passing coordinator that Ed Orgeron put on his staff, and the offense that they're running now is so anti what we've seen from LSU for over a decade. I don't know who can score with them right now other than Alabama with Tua on the field. And Ohio State probably can too. Let's let's be real about that. If we get Ohio State and LSU in the national championship game, nobody's going to be disappointed in that game. But LSU and Alabama's coming up, and it'll be a primetime game in a few weeks on CBS, and it's going to be a whale of a game, and it's not going to be a 6-3 brawl or a 9-6 game that people are using eye-rolling emojis to describe on Twitter. That thing's going to be all out. Offense on both sides. 30's probably not going to win it. It's going to be a fantastic game. So you've got, I've got, obviously my top five is all undefeated. And that's not all the undefeateds because you've got SMU out there and you've got a couple of other teams as well. Minnesota is out there. Their schedule, probably the most impressive win they have so far is against Nebraska. But it's also, I think, and I saw Banner Society make this point that if you want to go after them because of their schedule, you absolutely can do that as it relates to what they're going to do in a national championship situation. But Minnesota hasn't been 8-0 since 1941. They won the national championship that year. There were only eight games. And they hadn't even been 7-0 since 1960 when they also won the championship or claimed it. So 8-0 is still impressive. Maryland, I mean, they killed Maryland, and they're going to 
play against Penn State on November 9th, and that is the same day as LSU and Alabama. No one is going to give Minnesota a chance against Penn State. They're going to say that it is a mirage. These are not the droids you're looking for. This is all a sham. And they're going to get the opportunity to either be proven to be a sham or to be legit. It's a home game for them against Penn State. And that's going to be a big day of college football because those two teams probably are going to be undefeated or they're certainly going to have that opportunity if they can get through basically one more week unscathed. And that's the same day as we get this LSU-Alabama clash that we're just all salivating for us that love college football. So the top 10 changes again as it does. It's going to be fluid week in and week out based on losses. Notre Dame was in the top 10. They're out now. And this is kind of amazing from Spencer Hall describing Brian Kelly. Pretty fascinating here. Basically, Notre Dame in 2016 lost to NC State. They tried to pass 26 times through ridiculous wind and a downpour. 26 times. This was a Brian Kelly decision. And the way that Spencer Hall asked the question, he says, did Brian Kelly call a rain-soaked game on a boggy field just like he'd call a game on a bright sunny day with no wind or rain? Yes. In the middle of an actual hurricane, Notre Dame inexplicably tried to pass 26 times through a gusty downpour during a 2016 loss to NC State. Then he says, did Brian Kelly call a rain-soaked game on a boggy field just like he'd call a game on a bright sunny day with no wind or rain again? Yes, on a waterlogged field, the Fighting Irish called 29 passes to 31 runs against Michigan, and they got killed. 45-14 to yesterday to Jim Harbaugh. And just in case you were wondering what the run-to-pass ratio was for Michigan, 57 running plays, 14 pass attempts. What are you thinking, Brian Kelly? This is not, you can't call the game the same way. It was raining sideways. You could have limboed underneath these raindrops and this wind. This was not a good this was not a good game plan. Not a great day for Brian Kelly. And you see he's trending on Twitter. I haven't looked at why, but I have a feeling I could guess. So here's your top ten for this week. Number ten, Georgia gets back into my rankings. Number nine and eight are so close. I've got Oregon at nine and Utah at eight, but you could easily sway me either way. Number seven, I'm not going to drop Oklahoma that far. I'm going to drop them from my two spot to my seven spot. Florida at six with just the one loss to LSU in primetime in Baton Rouge. Penn State undefeated, five. Clemson undefeated, four. Alabama, undefeated, three. Ohio State, just mauled Wisconsin on Saturday, undefeated, two. LSU, all three weeks of my poll, I've had them number one. They got by. It was a gut check, what Coach O said about that Auburn game, and he was right. But they beat Auburn, and Auburn's still a pretty talented football team with a pretty good defense. And they still got it done. Joe Burrow is still, I think, the Heisman favorite. Justin Fields probably right behind him. So I will have LSU 1 and Ohio State 2. I don't think that the the margin between the two is very great. I think that that you could easily tell me Ohio State's number 1, and I'm not going to disagree with you. 
other than just to say I think in my rankings I'm going to give it to LSU, but I can't plausibly tell you why you're wrong if you go the other way. I can tell you that if you're Brian Kelly, probably pay attention to the weather and don't have your quarterback throw 29 times and lose badly to Michigan and get knocked completely out of the top 10. Just a, a little bit of thought there. When we come back, baseball tied up in the World Series, two games apiece as the Astros win two in Washington. First time the first four games in the World Series have been won by the road team since 96. All these stats are out there. The big stat, though, is the television number, the interest level in this series. What can we do about this? We'll talk about it. 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Jason Martin Show rolling right along here on this Sunday. Early morning. Little Pearl Jam. Animal for you. Off of Versus. 2-2 in the World Series. Astros lost the first two at home. Garrett Cole finally got beat for the first time since May. Justin Verlander got beat. First pitcher ever loses five loses uh first five World Series decisions. Not probably a record he wants. And then they go to Washington and win two. Road teams have won the first four games in the World Series for the first time since ninety-six. Bregman hit a grand slam. And these games have had their share of offense from one side. It was five four in the first game, then it was the shellacking in game two, obviously. And then 8-1 to one here tonight, or last night, with the Astros. Game 5 tonight, Cole Scherzer. Should be worth paying attention to. But if you looked at the television ratings numbers for games 1 and 2 in the World Series, they haven't been good at all, like among the worst ever. I think it's the worst game 2 ever, and one of the six worst game 1s ever. And this seems like a matchup that would have some interest. At least, well, certainly to baseball fans because there's a lot of bats and there's great pitching with names you recognize. The Astros have won a championship recently. The Nationals are really likable. Sands Bryce Harper. But people aren't paying attention to this. On a grand scale, not the way you would assume, or the way that baseball would assume, or the way that your grandparents would assume, based on baseball's popularity at the time. I think that there are a couple of things here. One is the season's too long. And now that it is, you know, we're midway through, past midway through the college football season, around the midway point of the NFL season, everybody's mind is on football. And now the NBA has started, and now we're paying attention to that. This can be one of those regular seasons we all want to see in the NBA. Not just people like me that watch it every year, but there are reasons to watch a lot of these teams this year in the NBA. NHL started, for those of you that care about that. And then there's baseball still going. Feels like it's never going to stop. The reason why is because they played 160-plus games. And I've made this point before about the interest level in American sports having an interesting correlation, in my opinion, between the number of games played in those sports. Because I would say that, I mean, you could you would say hockey is fourth, I guess. So it's not perfect. But if you think about it, the reason why you would sit there and watch Oklahoma and Kansas State in the second half today is because one means so much in college football, the number one. Because the pie is so much smaller. One out of 12. You've seen a 12-slice pizza. And that one could be the difference between a college football playoff appearance and a New Year's Six Bowl that doesn't matter that much anymore. 
NBA, one out of 82. You have never seen an 82 slice pizza, probably. So when there is a game and someone loses in October, it doesn't mean the end of the world, which also means you're probably not paying that close of attention to it unless you have a dog in the fight or it is something like Clippers-Lakers was on TNT on Tuesday night. Hockey 82 as well, but hockey's hockey. It's a niche sport. It's different. Baseball and its 162-game season, it's one 162nd. And then comes the postseason. Best of five, then best of seven, then best of seven. And baseball is a sport that was made for the radio era more than anything. And it's not to say that these games aren't dramatic because, and I said this when I was hosting Outkick the Coverage on Thursday with Jeff Schwartz, I said, the difference between regular season and postseason baseball is what seems tedious and boring in the regular season becomes suspenseful in the World Series because all of a sudden there are stakes behind everything. And even the space between pitches is a suspenseful, tension-filled 20 seconds, for example. But one 162nd means that you can't make me care about any regular season game at all. Even if they are going to come down to a playoff in the end between two teams, and ultimately all those games matter. If the Yankees beat the Red Sox, who cares? They're going to play 37 more times during the regular season. Maybe you're going to see them in the postseason as well, and then they're really going to count. So there's that problem. And then there's trying to compete with sports that are just more about today. I said it's more for the radio audience. Let me go back and and fill that point. Some of the biggest names, the most noteworthy names in radio history, the guys that you would start rattling off. When I say, when you think of sports on the radio, who comes to mind? And yeah, you might mention, you know, Cowherd or Dan Patrick or somebody like that. But a lot of people would say Vin Scully, Dick Enberg. Guys like that. And the reason why is because they were great storytellers. They had time to set the stage because baseball inherently gave them the time to go through all of the notes that they had on all these players and tell you about their families and their hobbies and all of these things because it'd be pitch 20 seconds, pitch 20 seconds, pitch 20 seconds. 45 seconds, somebody changing batters and somebody coming from the dugout. All of this was time that talented people could fill however they felt would be the most entertaining. The reason you love Vince Scully, apart from how great he was at calling the action and what you felt about his voice, was that he was a wonderful storyteller. All of these guys, you think they're historians, And a lot of them are, and if they've been around long enough and they've taken good notes throughout their career, they've been there and seen half a century's worth or a quarter of a century's worth, and so they can tell stories for days, some of which you'll remember, and then that's you know that gives you a good feeling of nostalgia, and those that you don't know are just relentlessly fascinating to you. Baseball is awesome on the radio. Have you ever listened to baseball on the radio? Even now, it's still good. Dodger fans, listen to Charlie Steiner. I mean, really. 
it's good on the radio. It's suspenseful because you can then, and the time on TV where you're watching the pitcher walk around the mound and the batter you know, shift himself and do whatever he's doing and all of those things, you are using that time to try and paint the picture of what it looks like in your mind in that building while the announcer can describe the scene, he can describe the strategy, he can describe certainly the scenario in the game, and he can delve into this history. Very few sports, and I would say almost none, are better on the radio than they are on TV. But baseball, in many ways, is. I was watching Game 1 of the World Series with my wife, And she just kind of rolled her eyes at some point. She was just like, oh, how many innings is this? Nine? Is it seven games? Good grief, this is so boring. And I don't think she's isolated in that thought. Baseball feels like an old game. And the season goes forever. And now I'm talking about college football for the first hour and a half of this show. And I I can't wait to get to hour three to talk about the NFL. And I haven't even talked about Kawhi and the NBA. And you know how big an NBA fan I am if you know anything about me at all. And Tiger's out here playing golf. Well, they've suspended it for darkness for now, but he's in a lead. All these things are happening, and yet baseball is now trying to get me to care about their championship round after they've played a six-month season. One 162nd. Just think of it that way. If it was 182nd, I would feel better. If they were playing 100 games, I would feel a little bit better. But ultimately, they need to find a way for the baseball season not to be happening in October. Because unless you have the Cubs and the Indians going for history, I don't know where the ratings are going to come from. Maybe the Dodgers would draw. Maybe the Yankees would draw. Maybe it's just that it's Houston and Washington. But this on paper felt like it had what you wanted. And now you got a 2-2 series. So here's your litmus test, baseball. You've got a game five where the road team has won all four of the previous games. This is the one a team goes up 3-2. If it's the Astros, they go home with a chance to close out. Either way, this is sort of the game. This is the way you can frame this. We should all care about this because the stakes are huge. And we get to watch Cole again. And we get to watch Scherzer and see how this plays the second time around. What are the ratings going to look like on Monday? That's my question. Who's watching Sunday Night Football? Who's watching Red Zone, then eating dinner and watching Watchmen on HBO? Or catching up on something else on the DVR? Or, novelly, going to sleep at a decent hour? Which is hilarious as I sit behind this microphone at 3.35 my time here in Nashville. They need... Uh, There's not much more they can create here. They have a perfect storyline to make people watch. If people don't watch, that's on baseball. And it's not because they have rule changes that need to be made and all of this kind of stuff. They can continue to patch this hole, but another one's going to sprout until they realize that the season is too daggone long and you can't compete with football in America in 2019. Get the season over in August. Start it earlier if you have to. If you don't want to cut the games, do something. Own the summer, but get your 
sport done by the end of the summer. I know all fall baseball is important. Is it when the numbers are this low? Let's see what Game 5 looks like. But let's go out to L.A. right now. Let's talk to Brian Finley. Let's find out what happened in the world of sports, including Alex Bregman and his grand slam in an 8-1 win for the Astros. Brian? Yeah, how about they, How about that, Jason? Alex Bregman emerging from a slump, and the Astros even up the World Series at two games with the Nationals. And after that slump, it was Bregman a grand slam. Houston showing up Washington 8-1. Stroh's manager, A.J. Hinch, afterwards describing how his team is starting to revive themselves in this series. There was a lot of noise around losing the first two games, and rightfully so, because the Nats had, had outplayed us, like I said, and I think we, we turned it around, and now we've outplayed them for a couple of games, and now we have a three-game series. Game 5 beginning today, just after 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox TV. Washington starting Max Scherzer on the bump, as Jason mentioned. Houston going with Garrett Cole. Tiger Woods leading the final round of the PGA Tour's Zozo Championship in Japan by four shots. He is through 11 holes. Darkness has suspended play, so they will pick action back up later today at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And if Wood wins the event, he will tie Sam Snead for the all-time record for PGA Tour wins with 82. To college football, no Tua, no problem for number one tied as they roll over Arkansas 48-7. The Bama, they continue to dominate. Second-ranked LSU withstands ninth-ranked LSU 23-20. Joe Burrow accounted for two scores. Number three, Ohio State skewers. Number 13, Wisconsin 38-7. J.K. Dobbins, two rushing touchdowns. Clemson running up the score on Boston College 59-7. Trevor Lawrence, three touchdowns. Kansas State victimizes number five, Oklahoma 48-41. The Wildcats at one point had a 48-23 lead in this game. True freshman kicker Camden Lewis knocking through a last-second field goal to rescue 11th-ranked Oregon over Washington State 37-35. And online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car-buying experience. Back to Jason Martin. Thanks, Brian. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So they're not playing any more golf right now in Japan. Because of darkness, they've suspended it for a time. Tigers got a three-shot lead right now. At one point, it was up to five. Matsuyama made up some ground, then lost a little bit of ground, but Tiger dropped a few more shots to come back a bit to the field, but still in a bit of charge and you you want to talk about what tiger woods means to sports this is the first year of the zozo championship in japan it is late october the pga season felt like it just ended but the new one has started and i'm paying close attention to this and mentioning it to you multiple times on a national sports talk radio show because tiger woods is playing in it and there's other guys that are talented. I mean, look, Rory's in this, Shoffley's in this, Woodland's in this, Matsuyama's in this. Like, it's a decent crew of folks. But Tiger Woods means it's worthy of me mentioning on this show because I think enough of you care because Tiger Woods is associated with it. This is a tournament that means nothing. But you want to know if Tiger's winning any golf tournament he's playing in. And right now he's at minus 18 with a three-shot lead on Matsuyama. And they've suspended it. And it's a pretty nice purse here, by the way, of 9.7 mil. 
But that's impressive if you're Tiger Woods. How transcendent do you have to be to be in a nothing tournament that just started that shouldn't even be on our radar and we're all kind of keeping a close eye. And when I came into the studio, what I turned on was that golf tournament. College football finals on, replaying the World Series on FS1. All these things are on, and I was like, nope, going to the golf channel to watch this tournament from Japan because Tiger Woods is playing golf live right now, and that matters to me. I don't think I'm alone. I know I did an hour on Tiger Woods once on this show, and people were like, oh, it's enough about Tiger Woods. Nobody cares about golf. One, you're wrong. Two, you're wrong. I bet you the last two minutes, people are now like, ooh, when is this tournament going to be back on? I didn't know Tiger Woods was playing golf. A lot of you probably didn't know, and now you do, and now you'll watch that before you watch the World Series. Baseball, you got a problem. 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369, or you can find me on Twitter, at jmartzone. Jason Martin Show, we'll finish up hour number two, coming back here on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment of the second hour here. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're chilling in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. Jason Martin Show. I'm Jay Martin. I'm on Twitter at JMartZone. The crew out in L.A., Eric, Chris, and Brian, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox to reach the program, or you can just tweet me at jmartzone. So I saw this happen today in Knoxville live, or yesterday in Knoxville. I was there for Tennessee and South Carolina, but it's happened all across the country for years. Something needs to be done. Not just about the quality of officiating, which is all-time bad in both the pros and in college right now. Maybe in the SEC it's the worst, period. But these targeting calls, man. This is not germane. This isn't some new take. But ejecting these young men for non-malicious plays... What are they supposed to do? You can go back on replay and you can see this kind of stuff and you can try to adjudicate it after the fact, but that's not smart either. If you leave with a helmet and you do something maliciously in this day and age, yeah, some kind of punishment should be levied. But there has to be some degree here. Not every hit, even a helmet shot, is malicious. I get that you have to find a way to make it punitive and make it costly, even on accident. But I don't think the punitive should be a guy is kicked out of the football game. If it happens in the second half, then he's going to miss the first half of the following game. And these calls, a lot of them are just... Anybody could go back and watch the replay and determine, oh, he's already moving. He didn't launch himself. He couldn't stop. The slide hadn't started yet. Or he hit him with the shoulder, not the crown of the helmet. He didn't mean to hit him with the crown of the helmet. You can't make football 100% safe. You can try, and you can try to make it seem like that's what you want to do. But there does come a time when you continue to do that that football ceases to be football. And I'm not going to be the guy that's like, oh, football's dead. We don't, I don't even know what football is anymore. I do think. That some of these decisions that have been made, some of these rule changes, the helmets and certainly the equipment stuff, and protecting defenseless receivers and all of that stuff, it has led to good numbers and differences in concussions. And so that's that's a good thing. But the game's still going to be dangerous. There are going to be injuries. People are going to collide. In unfortunate ways, happens on an NBA floor, happens sometimes at the plate in baseball, happens all the time in hockey. It's a physical sport by design. The way you stop someone is by dragging them to the ground or hitting them hard enough that they lose their balance and fall to the ground. To then tell somebody, yes, but... You have to make sure that if the quarterback's gotten the ball out of his hands, even if you're already moving and in the air, you find a way to do something that physics makes virtually impossible 
or you're going to get flagged. Now, now that the rule is there, you have to adjust to it if you're one of these players, but especially the younger kids in college that have been taught one way their whole life or that's how they've played and that's how they've gotten their scholarship that's put them in the situation they're in, it's tough to then say, yeah, but we need you to go to about 40% instead of 100 and make sure that you're in a position where if the ball disappears out of the quarterback's hand, you can neo from the matrix your way to the left and get away from him and not accidentally put a finger on him. I mean, there's bad roughing penalties and there's missed P.I., and there's a lot of pushing and shoving, and there's a hold on nearly every play, and all those things are true. But targeting is a joke. I know Barrett Salia, CBS, always points out, you're targeting, I'm targeting, what's targeting? Because it's so arbitrary, and it's so... When you can't really even determine what it is. When the people... You see these tweets where it's just like, by the letter of the law, that's targeting, but we've got a problem. Because that's true, and I know that you have to call it that way because that's the rule. So, as soon as we can get this done, like as soon as this season is over, there needs to be some kind of a rules discussion where targeting is adjusted. And they've already tried to adjust it, and maybe it's gotten a little bit better, but it sure still feels like a lot of bad targeting calls that are leading to long reviews that are destroying the flow and the momentum of college football games. They're just bad. Like, if there's somebody out there headhunting, that's one thing. But you're not seeing a whole lot of that right now in college football. Like, who's the guy that you think of when you think of headhunting now in football? You think of Vontez Perfect. He's out for the season right now because of what he did to Jack Doyle a few weeks ago. There are guys out there that seem to have a bit of a mean streak about them. But in college football, I'm not seeing that. So these targeting calls have got to stop because the punishment is a lot on an 18 or 19 year old kid for just playing his guts out and accidentally catching somebody from the wrong angle he's out for a game punishment's got to fit the crime you can't send somebody to jail for murder because they went 95 and a 45 you can't do it and so targeting is ruining college football and they need to do something about it Final hour of the program on this Sunday morning. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Coming up next segment, and as we move on through, we will go through the entire slate of games on this Sunday. Not the best slate of games. I'll give you some stats to back that up. We talked a lot of college football. Hour number two, we opened up with my top ten, which we do each week. A lot of Oklahoma on this show as well. We haven't talked any NBA, so let's do that a little bit here. Currently, three-way tie atop the Eastern Conference with the Hawks, Sixers, and Heat all undefeated at 2-0. And a four-way tie in the West with the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Mavs, and Spurs at 2-0. Just kidding. I mean, that's true, but still just kidding. Clippers lost to the Suns, 130-122. to 122. Devin Booker had 30 in that game. Clippers-Lakers is still the one we're all thinking about from Tuesday. You don't want to make knee-jerk reactions to one game or one scenario. But I did listen to Charles Barkley mention that 
this mix with the Lakers is weird because there's only two guys that can get their own shot, and one of them is not someone that plays fast. And that if LeBron James is going to play the point guard spot, he's going to have to play faster than he's been playing over the past couple of years. He's not a fast player. He's more of a half-court player. But what they need is somebody that is moving the ball around a little bit more and is more mobile. And LeBron at his age, I don't know if this this might be his top speed. Consistently. Not that he can't get down the lane and still do what he does on a pretty regular basis, but how much defense can he play and how much before he hits a wall when he's just beat? Then on the flip side for the Clippers... I said this, if you've listened to this show since it's since its inception in March, you've heard me say this over and over again. And people have called, and they've disagreed with me, and they've tweeted me, and they've disagreed with me. But I'll say it again. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. Bar none. I'd take him over everybody else. I'm not saying that he does every single thing better than everybody else. He's not as good a three-point shooter as Steph Curry. He's not as good a shooter as Kevin Durant. He's not as pure a scorer as James Harden. Like, you can go through the list. He's not the tallest guy. He doesn't have, like, freak athleticism like Giannis. What he does is everything well and everything with an intensity that infects the rest of his team in a positive direction my argument as to why i would take Kawhi over kevin durant centered around the fact that i don't think people get better playing around kevin durant i don't know that he inspires it and because he's such a volume player and an isolation player Sometimes it happened in Oklahoma City. It happened in Golden State. And we'll see when he gets on the floor what it looks like for Brooklyn next year. You see a lot of guys standing around waiting for KD to do something. It's not that way with Kawhi because Kawhi doesn't have to go get you 40. He can if you make him. If nobody else wants to shoot it like nobody wanted to do in that Toronto-Philadelphia Game 7, he went ahead and did it and made the game winner. When he came out of San Diego State, everybody assumed he was going to rebound and play defense. Guess what? They assumed right. He rebounds, he plays defense, but he also developed a shot. He couldn't shoot a lick in college. Not a lick. He's averaging 25.5 points this season in the three games that he's played. He's a superstar on the floor and has no real care past that. His life is his life. He keeps it pretty close to the vest. You know he was doing something with New Balance. He's done a few more commercials as of late. But you do see him taking more of a leadership role. He talked to the crowd before the game in L.A. Clippers were on the floor. It was the Clippers logo on the floor. It was their home game. But two-thirds of that crowd were Lakers fans. He's never going to be able to change that. And I don't necessarily think that he wants to. He just wants to win championships. And might want to do it against LeBron in that same city. That might be a challenge for him. He won one in San Antonio in the West. 
He won one in Toronto in the East, and now he's back in the West in a place that's never done it. This ain't Lob City. This is something totally different. But Kawhi Leonard has a dog in him that comes out on the floor, and everybody else's game seems to get better around him. Their intensity gets better around him. They play with confidence because they trust the killer they have on the floor. They take it seriously. Now you add him to a Clippers lineup that already had dogs on it. Lou Williams is a dog who's had to scratch and claw to be relevant in the league. Great scorer, but many people don't know he exists. Regardless of where he's been in his career, he's been able to get off the bench, get in the game, and get you buckets. Patrick Beverly, when he was in Houston, now with the Clippers, wherever he's been, he's a nuisance of all nuisances. But he is a hard-nosed, just annoying person to deal with. Goes for every loose ball. Even tries to jump against Anthony Davis, as he did hilariously on Tuesday. Parkless. Montrez Harrell. These are dudes that are playing better than anyone could have expected. This Clippers team last year shouldn't have beaten Golden State in a game. Certainly shouldn't have had that ridiculous comeback. They've got a coach that has a little bit of dog in him as well. And Doc Rivers has lived the high life when he had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. But he didn't win with those guys because those guys are not winners. They're great players. Chris Paul's at least a Hall of Famer. We'll see about Blake. But there's a difference. There's a concept in pro wrestling and bodybuilding and all those things. There's a difference between having real strength and having show muscles. Show muscles is a dude that can look the part, looks like a million dollars, but if he tries to like hold weight above his head, you can see his arm shaking. But his body would say he should easily be able to hold that up. Those are show muscles. Goes to be in a competition. Not real strength. You ever heard the term country strong? These dudes that aren't exactly ripped, but they can lift a Peterbilt, basically. Well, that's the difference to me between what the Clippers were with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and what they are with Kawhi Leonard. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were show muscles. They looked good. It was fun to watch. They're lobbing. They're dunking. They're having fun. Chris Paul's nut-tapping guys because that's what Chris Paul does. They're winning a lot of games. They're exciting. Steve Ballmer's dancing in the crowd. But they're show muscles. They're there to be ogled and admired, but ultimately there's no substance behind it. It's all aesthetic. It's surface level. Kawhi Leonard is anything but. Kawhi Leonard's game looks good on the floor, but it plays and it beats people and it beats legends and it beats Hall of Famers and it wins multiple championships. And he makes game winners and he blocks people 
and he plays as good a defense as anybody in the NBA. And everybody around him gets better because they know he doesn't need the ball to be effective. He'll go get it if he has to, but he'll make you better, and he'll make you want it more. The show muscles of the Clippers that never won a championship and never made it to the NBA Finals are gone. This dude is ripped, legit, and can lift a house. That's what these Clippers are. Which is why I favored them over the Lakers. Because they've got guys that are battle-tested that have been ignored or overlooked or called second or third class that have just had to battle and pack a lunch and blue-collar their way to everything that they've got. And the Lakers work hard, too. And they're going to be right there. That's going to be... If that's what you get in the Western Conference Finals, that's going to be all-time great stuff. LeBron is unreal, even now. Anthony Davis is fantastic. If he can stay healthy, Kuzma comes back. That makes a gigantic difference because Contavious Caldwell-Pope was a just Hindenburg-level disaster in that game on both sides of the floor, both ends of the floor. Cousins, I don't know what that means. Dwight Howard, I don't know what that means. But you do have some guys that can play basketball on that team. And Danny Green, the thing that was interesting about that game on Tuesday was that Danny Green had 28 in that game. He was, what, 7-9 from 3, 10-14 overall from the field. You can't expect he's going to do that. I mean, Corver every once in a while would have a great game in Cleveland. And you'd marvel at it, and then he would show up next game and get you 6. That's not because Kyle Corver's not a great player or a very good player. It's just he's a role player. Sometimes role players show up. Sometimes they go absent. Danny Green's won a championship. Danny Green knows what it's like. He's a tough-minded player who's a bit of a journeyman. Hadn't been able to really find a home where he's stuck. And he ends up in a good spot here. But you can't expect him to get 28, and they lost. And then, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James went 15-40 to 40 in that game and shot 5 of 18 in the second half. In the fourth quarter, LeBron had two points. Anthony Davis had squadouche. And the Clippers were going for every loose ball. They were playing better defense, and they were doing everything they had to do. And Kawhi, who had four points in the first quarter, then came out and had 26. Kawhi's the best player in the world because he's the best player on both sides, offense and defense. Kevin Durant's not a bad defender, and he's an exquisite offensive player. And there are other guys that are good two-way players too. But I'm taking Kawhi because I don't see anybody else in this league that makes everybody around them believe that they're going to win in the way he does. His game could travel back in time. He has, to me, a mind and a mental makeup that could have played in the 80s. I don't know if it would have stood out in the 80s just because I think a lot of guys had that mentality that don't anymore. But Kawhi barely even knew Paul George. He's just like, hey, why don't you come with me to to L.A.? Your game will fit with mine. Paul George, another great two-way player. And he's a second banana, not a first banana. But you put him as a second banana next to this guy, they can win a championship. But they have a ton of talent around it, and it seems to all be cohesive. 
So I'm not going to bury the Lakers. Lakers could easily win the championship, but if I had to pick, I would go with the Clippers, and that's who I picked in the preseason. And the main reason is because they have the crown jewel on their team. There are a lot of great players in this league and a lot of great one-two punches in this league. A lot of Batman and Robin scenarios. Dynamic duos across the NBA. It's what's going to make this regular season so much fun. And some great rookies, too. All-time great if we can get Zion on the floor. We'll talk about that maybe if we have time. But with all of that said, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the world. So I'm going with him. I'm going to ride with him. I know that if the Warriors are full strength last year, they probably win that series 4-2. Even as great as Kawhi is. I am willing to accept and admit that, and I still don't care. I still don't think that means he's not the best player in the world. I mean, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook got beat 4-1 by the Heat, if you want to make the Kevin Durant argument. Is he a better player now than he was then? I don't know. Had a lot of talent around him. I don't think he was happier. He thought he was going to be happier in Golden State. Never happened. Kawhi Leonard's just out there killing fools. He's just walking around saying buckets, and he's cold-blooded, and he seems to have no pulse when he's on the floor. You can sign me up for that guy. I'll take the Clippers to win the championship this year in a great NBA season that I'm so excited is here. When we come back, we will break down every game that will be played today and Monday Night Football as well. Just like we do it every single week, we will predict it. The crew will be here with me. They'll all predict it as well. I had a good week last week. I'm pretty sure I only got two wrong in the whole week. A lot better than the week before. But I got some stats to say. This might not be the greatest week on paper. Hopefully the games are better than they look. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. You can tweet me at jmartzone. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Remix of Possum Kingdom. All right, that's a new one. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Yes. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me and hit me up there. So the NFL schedule this week's not grand. There's some good games, yes. But not great games. Right now, the average spread, and I'm not a Vegas guy, but the average spread for this week is somewhere between 7.9 and 8.1, depending on where the lines finish, especially with Drew Brees playing today against Arizona. Thursday night football was a 17-point spread. There are four games left this week above 11. And we're not seeing nearly as many comebacks this year. This according to Scott Kazmar of Football Outsiders. Once a team gets a lead this year, they usually hold it more often than we've seen in years previous, which is driving down the excitement. Basically saying he thinks this NFL season's not been very good so far and doesn't seem to be improving. Just for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years, fourth quarter comeback wins, including the playoffs. 2011 and 2012, there were 70 each year. 2013, there were 73 fourth quarter comeback wins, including the playoffs. 2014, 68. 2015, 72. 2016, 73. 2017, low, 54. 2018, 73. And 2019, so far, 22, which is on pace for 55, which is way lower than what you expect. So that's interesting that on paper, this doesn't look to be all that great. But we're going to go ahead and break it down anyway. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I did have a pretty good week last week. Didn't have a great week the week before. All the microphones are open, including Brian Finley if he wants to chime in. But Chris Perfett and Eric Roberts, I know they will as well. So we will start with the noon kicks, of which there are, as usual, a lot of them. In fact, there are nine of them. Seattle at Atlanta. This is not Russell Wilson at Matt Ryan. This is Russell Wilson at Matt Schaub in 2019 against the Falcons defense. 
Give me Seattle by as many points as you need, honestly. Seattle lost a tough game to Baltimore last week at home. They need this one, too. They're probably a little angry because of what Lamar Jackson did to them last week. And Atlanta's defense is absolutely hideous. And that's not a good reflection on Dan Quinn, the head coach. Defense is his calling card, and they are not good. And now you got Matt Shaw out there. Uh, I'll take Seattle, and if anybody disagrees with me on this one in L.A., I would be shocked. Now they say, what's the saying? The good teams win, great teams cover, and I think it's going to be a great win for the Seahawks tomorrow. So. Yeah. I, I don't think this one is going to be particularly close. Chris, are you going to get on a limb and take the Falcons? Nope. Book's closing on Quinn, I think. Yeah. I think I think it's about the end of an era there. Uh, I don't know if their ghost was just snatched away in that Super Bowl or not, but this is... This is kind of a sad end for the has, Falcons. Has so. Julio Jones caught a touchdown? I feel like I haven't seen a highlight for Julio Jones uh, in you'd years. You'd have to give me it's been a minute. photographic proof, yes. He did against the Titans, I think. One, maybe. I could be wrong He's about that. He's supposed to be that. the top wide receiver in the league for the next. He's great. Yeah, I know. It's just it's, He's dried up with that offense. It's ridiculous. It really is. Matt Ryan's a king of throwing for over 400 yards and only having like a touchdown or no touchdowns as well. This time he's definitely going to have none because he's not playing. Philadelphia at Buffalo. All of a sudden, Eagles secondary looks bad. Carson Wentz, there's like, there seems to be disarray with the offense. Philly's got not really very many excuses right now. They're playing at Buffalo. This is a game where the winner could draw some positive momentum. The loser could go on a bit of a skid. I still look at Philly and I think that's a better team. When I just look at Philadelphia at Buffalo, I say the Eagles are better, right? Buffalo's defense is far better than Philadelphia. No question about that. Maybe we've crowned Wentz a little too fast considering what he's never done. I'm trying to find a way to take Buffalo in this game. I really am. I like that defense a lot. I know what they're capable of. I just don't know that they have enough weapons to exploit Philadelphia's bad defense, so I think the Eagles are going to win it on the road. The, all right. Well, this was my measuring stick game when the Bills' schedule came out, and there was yeah. the Bills' mafia was a little upset last week about you know them not blowing out the Dolphins until late. You know, It was kind of close for a little too long. They're actually trailing going into the second half. And it was the first time the Bills' fans have had like a chance to like lick their lips at an opponent. So... I was like, you know what? Get, they got through the Dolphins. This was the test. This is the game that you should be looking forward to. And it's, I've, I think I've said every week, it's wash, rinse, repeat. The defense have to, has to keep it close enough. And while the offense will figure it out, it usually takes a quarter or two. So as long as they're within maybe a touchdown or two, it should. I think the Bills can pull it off. I mean, and it's going to take usually a defensive turnover or defensive points to for them to pull it out. So. Are the Eagles going to yeah. stop feuding with each other at all this, this no, season? No, it doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't. It's, it's got. It's almost uncomfortable to watch this happen. Like, how has this gone so wrong since the Super Bowl? And it, and and the question I have at this point is this whole like stuff that came out in the Philadelphia newspaper last year during the offseason about Carson Wentz and unnamed people and him taking ownership and but being a diva and not taking responsibility and all this kind of stuff maybe Foles was a better option I know he's gotten hurt but maybe this team actually did have better chemistry with Nick Foles and enjoyed each other more because this ain't a good look at all for Philly Philly was pretty trendy a few weeks ago to be 
the best two-loss team in the league. And since that point, they don't look good at all. Like I said, I want to take Buffalo. And, Eric, I know that's your, that's your boys, but I, I can't quite do it just because I don't think they have enough offensive weapons. Very true. And Philly should be able to, to score enough to beat them, but I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the Bills actually beat them. Philly's not impressive at all. Chris, you, you taking the Eagles too or no? No, I have Buffalo in this game. Okay. And then you got to think the ripple effects of a loss of Buffalo. I know they're not, you know, pushovers like of the past, but you know, sitting at three and five for Philly, it's going to be a tough look going back to City of Brotherly Love there. Uh, no doubt. Um, and then you look at the remainder of their schedule. They go to play Chicago, then they play New England and Seattle. Back-to-back weeks. Then they get at Dolphins win versus Giants probably win. At Redskins probably win versus Cowboys loss most likely at Giants. So, I mean, they're they're running out of losable games. This is when they probably should find a way to win. I think they will, but I don't feel good about it. Los Angeles at Chicago. Before we even get to the number itself, just pay attention to this stat about Mitch Trubisky. In his third year, Jamarcus Russell's yards per attempt, 5.23. That was the last season he played in the league. Never played again after he averaged that number. Brady Quinn, who of course now works for Fox, also 5.23 in 2009 and did not throw another pass in the league for three years. Mitchell Trubisky in his third season right now, 5.24 yards per attempt. Not very good at all. I don't think that's going to work out for them, but I saw the Chargers here in Nashville a week ago. That's a broken team, a beaten down team, missing a lot of key contributors. They do get Russell Okung back, though, but you're going to Chicago to play against that defense. But who in the world is going to score for Chicago? I mean, their defense could hold the Chargers to six, and they still lose the game. But I still think that defense can win you a game at home. So I'll take Chicago to beat the Chargers, even with Trubisky playing. Maybe they can get something going and at least run the football if they have to against the Chargers' kind of depleted defense. So I'll go with the Bears at home. Yeah, I I think Phillip Rivers is probably good for two interceptions this game. And Keenan Allen's a game-time decision, so he's not going to have much to throw to if he's out. And yeah, the the Bears' defense would probably have to do most of the scoring if they want to win this game, and I don't see that being too much of a problem with Philip Rivers in the pocket. All Bear, right, Chris. This Bears is your really division. This one. Yeah, Bears yes. really need this one or else they're they're going to be joining the Lions at the bottom of the pile here. The Lions aren't really that much out of it either, but, I mean, you look at Green Bay and you look at what the Vikings are doing and the NFC North is all about keeping pace and the Bears need to keep pace. Yep, I'm with you. New York at Detroit, staying in the same division. Oh, boy. This this is this is one your Lions should get. Here's a stat for you. In his first six games as starting quarterback for the New York Giants, Daniel Jones has five fumbles. In his first three complete seasons as the Giants starting quarterback, Eli Manning had five fumbles. They are turning the ball over a little bit. Now, they've gotten some of their weapons back, but that defense is not good, meaning New York. Detroit should get this one. I feel good about your boys today. I don't think the Giants are going to beat them. Not not on the road. Not this Giants team. 
There's some questions right now of morale for Detroit, though. So they, they acted very weird this week. It's only, you know, it's a losing record after the Vikings, but they're still very well in it. But then you kind of send a different signal when you go ahead and trade a team captain to an NFC rival in Seattle. Quandre Diggs, who is safety, who was dealt from Detroit to Seattle this week. Very beloved in the Lions locker room, and now Darius Slay, you know, star cornerback for the Lions, is out here talking about how he's not sure he's going to. He's got like a year and a half left on his contract. Not sure he wants to stay in Detroit now. Uh, Diggs was very well beloved, so morale is pretty low for the Lions. Wow. So it's uh, it's troubling right now. On paper, yeah, they should beat the Giants, but I'm kind of curious about their attitude coming into this game. I'm still taking the Lions. I, yeah, I feel good I about your boys it's today. The logic way to go, yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay at Tennessee. That's right here in Nashville. It's not going to be Winston at Mariota. Winston, yes, not Mariota. Tannehill last week played well, spread the ball around well. He was basically a socialist out there, and his Karl Marx act was enough to get the victory over the Chargers. Defense still really good for the Titans. If they can run the ball, they'll be good. But another interesting stat. Tampa Bay has given up less rushing yards to running backs this season so far than Cincinnati has to opposing quarterbacks. Now, Cincinnati has played against Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and some of these guys that you do expect to run the ball a little bit more, but still, Tampa Bay hadn't even given up 370 rushing yards on the ground. So Tannehill's going to have to throw it again. They've got a really good run defense and a sketchy pass defense. So the question is, do you trust Ryan Tannehill to beat Tampa Bay's pass defense along with Winston playing against that Tennessee defense? And that's where I think the difference is. If he can throw five interceptions in London, I just feel like this Titans defense can victimize him three times, two or three times, and that should be enough to beat the Bucks at home in Nashville and give Tannehill a second straight win. So I'll take the Titans to even it up and go 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, I'm going to go with Titans here too. I, 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 when uh, Tannehill got brought into Tennessee, I, I figured he wouldn't be sitting behind Mariota for very long. Um, and I think that's honestly an upgrade at QB for them. So I'm going to go Titans over Bucks too. Chris? I got nothing on this one. I'll just, I'll trust, just I'll trust everyone here. No, it's just that these are two teams that I just – I barely watch at all, and I just don't know what to make of Jameis Winston week to week. It is just Jekyll and Hyde. So I'm, yeah. I'll let you guys. I'll, I'll get let you guys take this one. All right. Yep. Gotcha. Denver at Indy. Colts beat the Texans last week. One of the ones that I picked and got right. That was definitely a closer call. Brissett against Denver's defense. I mean, Denver has a defense. They got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. I don't love that. They've got a statue in the pocket in Flacco that's not good. I'll take the Colts. I mean, the Colts, to me, are second or third best. Or, well, not second or third. But they're third, fourth best team in the in the AFC right now, maybe. And I love the way that team is built. And I don't think Denver can move the ball against Indy's defense, so I'll take the Colts at home. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, I feel this will come down to the Colts just basically not losing it. I mean, just don't Colts it or, you know, don't, uh, you know, Bills it or whatever. Just play a game and let Joe Flacco throw a couple interceptions, and you should walk out of the game with a win here. 
just put this Broncos squad out of its misery at this point. This is this stop. is just this is just bad to stop watch. saying stop saying these things out loud that hurt me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm triggered by that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Colts too. Cincy versus Los Angeles in London. I mean, come on. We the don't Bengals need to give this are a lot of time. terrible, and the Rams are going to win this game just like they did last week. They got right offensively against the Falcons' bad defense. Rams should win this thing very easily, and I feel sorry for the Wembley crowd that they have to watch a one-sided affair. Arizona at New Orleans. What about this one? We don't. Even, I, we don't even have to belabor it. Everybody's picking the Rams. If you're picking the Bengals, cut me off and tell me. No, I'm just. That's, I'm yeah. just wondering. I'm just wondering why we'd like. I, I don't know. We just keep sending some of these games over to London. I'm just wondering, like, who who are like even in the preseason, who arranged for this in the scheduling? Like, who was like, yes, no, this looks like a logical thing to send over to yeah. the UK. I think it was just like we'll give them the Rams. They want to see the Rams, and we'll put them against uh, the Bad News Bears. Arizona at New Orleans. Breeze is gonna play, which is an interesting decision against a team you would think Teddy Bridgewater could easily beat. Uh, so I'll take the Saints. They're either the first or second best team in the in the NFC, right? Yeah, I would say so. I picked them to win the Super Bowl in my preseason, so uh, I was a little a little nervous about it when uh, Drew Brees went down. But Teddy was a great band aid, and yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's not rushed back. Um, but I'm assuming they'll have a pretty close eye on him and his hand. So but yeah, I'm definitely gonna take the Saints. You know, Cardinals have pulled together some wins. I think three in a row, right? But I'm definitely yep. gonna go Saints in the in New Orleans. Come on. Yep. And then Jets at Jacksonville. That's the end of the noon slate. Then we'll take a break. We'll come back and do the rest of the games. Jets at Jags. We, we, yeah, we saw what Sam Darnold had happen on Monday. Can he shake that off against a good Jacksonville defense? That's your question here. On the road, the Jets are not good. I'm going to take the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm leaning Jacksonville here too. Jets... Yeah, they should. They, they're the Jets. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars at least have some weapons. You know, they have, they're a formidable defense. The Jets should probably struggle throughout. All right, we'll do the afternoon, the evening, and Monday Night Football when we come back in the final segment. Let's go to Brian Finley one more time, catch up with the latest in the world of sports. B? Thank you so much, Jason. The Astros body bag the Nationals 8-1 on Saturday to tie the World Series at two games. Stroh's Alex Bregman awakens out of his offensive hibernation, slugs a grand slam. Game 5 gets underway tonight just after 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox TV. Tiger Woods outfoxing the competition, leading the final round of the PGA Tour's Zozo Championship in Japan by three shots. He's 18 under overall. He's through 11 holes. Darkness has suspended play, so they will pick up action later today at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And if Woods wins this event, he will tie Sam Snead for the all-time record for PGA Tour wins with 82. To college football, number 5 Oklahoma capsizes in a 48-41 loss to Kansas State. Sooners head coach Lincoln Riley knows what to blame. Without watching the tape, I'm sure it was the worst tackling game that we've had all year. I mean, they do a good job in the run game, but you've got to, you know, you can't give them the extra, and we did, and then we didn't do a very good job, and we got them into second and third and long. You know, and that's been, a, that's been kind of our strength this year, and it, and it wasn't today. You know, offensively, uh, we just point to the missed opportunities. And just like the Sooners' effort level out there, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore mm. with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to the Jason Martin experience in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Yeah, that that <laughs> line about confusion right there deserved a 
skull emoji. I know, right? <laughs> on Twitter. That was a death blow right there oh. from Brian Finley. Tough one. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, you know, be, because I I was at the Oklahoma-UCLA game. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know if that was the same team that was out on the field there against Kansas State. And now that UCLA is playing better, I'm like, why couldn't that Oklahoma team show up at the Rose Bowl er- earlier in the season? Who knows, you know? Yeah. You never know. Who knows? I mean, the teams that you see at the beginning of the year are often not indicative of the ones you see at the sure. end. No question about that. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studio. It's brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Pretty interesting afternoon slate of games, plus a Sunday night football game that could have been a lot better than it might end up being because of no Patrick Mahomes. We will preview those games and joke about Miami and Pittsburgh. Coming up to finish up the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Finishing up on this Sunday morning, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jay Mart. You can find me on Twitter. A lot of you have this morning at Zone. My crew, Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts, my trifecta spinning the Dallas radio style for me this morning, doing a fantastic job, as always. Fox Sports Sunday coming up next. Andy Furman, Brian No. So, we went through the early slate. Now let's go through these afternoon games. And some good ones, actually. Carolina at San Francisco is really interesting because Carolina has a solid defense and Jimmy Garoppolo throws a lot of interceptions. I know how good San Francisco is supposed to be. And this is a home game for them. And they have a great defense and they should win. But I could easily see Carolina winning. I will take the Niners to win. But this is the kind of game that if I had guts, and maybe I just don't, 10 to 5 a.m. here in the Central Time Zone, I would pick Carolina, but I'll take the Niners to stay undefeated. But this is one that if it goes the other way, I'll just kick myself for. Either one of you guys want to take that Carolina? No, but I would love it just to throw a little wrench in the Cam Newton drama. That would be awesome. That defense is legit. Cleveland at New England. This on paper... At the beginning of the season. And look, it's still going to be... I mean, it's Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield and it's Odell and it's all of this. It's a hype train. This is show muscles versus real muscles again, as far as I'm concerned. I just... The Patriots are so far and beyond everybody in the AFC. They don't lose at home. Do I think that Baker Mayfield's going to go in to Foxborough and beat the New England Patriots? No, I do not. I think the Patriots have this one. Anybody want to take the Browns? No. Baker Mayfield's going to see some ghosts, too. They're playing the number today. Or today, yeah, not not the Browns. Yeah, that defense is nasty. Oakland at Houston. Hmm. Oakland's going to have Josh Jacobs playing, according to Ian Rappaport. That was reported just a little while ago. Uh, Tyrell Williams is expected to play as well. Deshaun Watson is an MVP candidate, at least until last week, and I still think he's probably in the discussion. They're not going to be able to run it, but they'll be able to throw it. Oakland's not bad, but I don't see the Raiders going to Houston and beating them, so I'll take the home team for the third time in this segment and say the Texans beat the Raiders. The AFC South, man, is just so wonky every season, and I could just see a Texans home loss and then everybody's questioning Bill O'Brien again and I don't know I've, I have a thing about the Raiders here for some reason I don't I don't know mm-hmm. it's, it would be very Texans I think to lose this at home to the Raiders 
Chris, you picked the Texans to beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago, and you turned out to be right. Mm-hmm. Are you still a believer in the Texans, or do you like the Raiders? Uh, I don't think the Raiders are as bad as people make out, but I think in oh, this I spot, I, I, think, I think the Texans are the way to go here. Yeah. Again, playing at home, uh, in in conference, I just... I don't know. I I like I like the I, I don't know what it is. I feel like their defense stacks up well against what the Raiders try to do. I I just like the the Texans in the spot. All right, Sunday night football, Green Bay against Kansas City. Kansas City has everybody healthy except for Patrick Mahomes. All the weapons for Matt Moore, who is a very capable backup. It's at home. It's not an easy place to play in Arrowhead. Green Bay's on a roll. They've had the hype train. They've had the ringer writing about their resurgence this week. This is this is one of those moments where you could see the Chiefs win because of Andy Reid's scheming. I don't know that I have the guts to pick that, though. I think Green Bay probably goes in on the road and beats them. I just can't imagine Matt Moore's Kansas City Chiefs beating Aaron Rodgers right now. I've seen stranger things, but I will take the Packers to win this one. I... Uh... Yeah, I, I I can't trust some of the run some of the flaws right now in the Chiefs. I I, I hate that I have to go Packers here, but I feel like Packers I know, might be the that right sides. Yeah, I know that hurts you. And then Miami of Pittsburgh hurts us all. Yeah. Uh the I'm Dolphins good. on Monday night football, man. I mean, come on, bro. I'm they don't want to win. Yeah. We're good if we're watching something else. The Steelers will win. We know this. On by this week. The Cowboys and the Ravens. So no Lamar Jackson talk. We'll be able to bring that hype train back up next week when they're back out there. So we'll check next week and we'll see how these predictions did. Last week was a good week for me. Two weeks ago, not quite as good. This one, there's definitely some toss-up ball games. But we're getting to the nitty-gritty. A lot of teams need some wins, need to start feeling a little bit better about themselves. Next week... We will have another week of college football in the books. We'll get you another top 10. So much more. Appreciate you joining us here this morning. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.